So I'm very blessed that I get to be with you all again in this mode. I just want to talk a tiny bit about combining these factors, these four Brahma-viharas. And then I would actually like to guide us in a gratitude practice that hopefully will feel, um, as Sally said yesterday, an extension of the mudita practice like reconnection to joy. Uh, and then from a place of joy that's not exclusive to what's difficult, and we can start with what resources us, what gives us a sense of well-being, because we do have a heart of gratitude. And then when we know things that we're grateful for, we can be well enough to open our hearts to what is true. And that will include things that are difficult, mixed with things that are beautiful. And that's really what these chords of the Brahmacharas allow us to do, is to flow through life and let the ukulele of our heart play the tune that makes the most sense in the context we're in. So you're walking down the street and you're into some a street you know well and you're just playing a meta song and children pour out of a house and they're playing and it's just it's a birthday party and you walk across it and you're playing a mudita song and you walk a little further and you see that there's a, a, a bird that's died and it's on the it's in the grass on the sidewalk and your heart the mudita song doesn't make sense in that context and so you take a moment and maybe maybe your heart goes intuitively to equanimity or maybe it goes to compassion. But you don't have to be so headstrong. What should my heart do? You let your heart play these four. And it really is worth knowing them one by one as we... It's like tuning a string. We're tuning, we're tuning into the tune a loving kindness. We're tuning into compassion. We're tuning into empathetic joy. We're tuning into equanimity. It's very hard to know them all at once and to try to blend them. Like it's very hard to play the ukulele. If you haven't actually taken the time to set up the strings, make sure they're harmonious with each other, and then try playing chords. Or you give it to a friend, they tune it, and then you play chords if you're very novice. But as you play, you're listening. It's like, oh, these chords don't, don't sound so sweet. Let me go back in and test each chord. And so as you get to know them one by one, then you let the heart resonate with the world around you. You find that the heart was actually made to be productively resonant with the world around you. That's how we... We're a herd species. We're meant to be heart resonant with the beings around us. So we're meant to play these chords, but they get tripped up. They get egoically tripped up. We get fragmented. We get afraid. We have hold resentments, and then we don't play sweet chords. And so this, knowing them one by one, taking the days that we have to know them one by one, know them inside the body. The body is sort of one way we resonate, is 
you know, to feel loving kindness and embodied at the same time. It's not all have a nice day up here, but kind of frozen down below. One thing that people love about going to the country of Burma, as, as messed up as that country is politically, and some horrible things that have happened in that country, you get intoxicated by the smiles of people in Burma. And what's intoxicating is they don't just smile with their mouth. They don't just smile with their eyes. Ordinary Burmese people smile and their whole body rings like a bell when they smile. And there's so much suffering in that country. They haven't gotten there through material prosperity. They've suffered under horrible, brutal governments and the British occupation for a long time. But they still have a way of smiling like they're ringing a school bell. And when you get many of them singing and walking together, the way the children laugh, the way uh, old people will smile at you. It, and maybe many countries do this, but I've, I've had so much access to it in Burma. Um, so it's a strange juxtaposition because the hearts are so beautiful and there's so much obvious pain in that country as well. But you can see that a heart that is well reverberates and doesn't have to think through it. It just reverberates with its environment. And it likes playing music. It likes playing the chords of the Brahma Viharas. And then it starts to learn how to tune itself, where it's off, what to, what, which one of your strings goes off. If you're a musician, you might know that a certain string on a certain guitar is the one that's likely to get slack. And so the chords aren't sweet. You have to keep tuning this one string. So for your amusement and for, your, for the lightness that's required to be able to go into some deeper places of the heart, I'm just going to model for you. This is a travel ukulele. It's only this big so that it can fit inside a suitcase but it is as wide as most ukuleles. Made of very beautiful uh, wood. So you can play one string at a time. Each string is beautiful. Oh, I got, let me get the last one, the deep one. All beautiful, all in tune. But because they're all in tune, you can play a chord. And I'm just gonna do this simply. I'm not a real musician. So four strings, many frets, an infinite amount of music coming out of this little instrument. Four Brahmaviharas, many chords, an infinite amount of music. It's not a, a dull outcome that we're head, all headed to where the heart is flat and unruffled. It's a heart that sings in these beautiful chords and it knows how to tune itself. It knows if equanimity is not in tune, you can't make the sweetest chords. It's all, you know, if you're all about compassion and social justice and wanting to change the world, it is a beautiful chord. It tends to also be harsh. It tends to also be impatient. It tends to also suffer tremendously in that. 
And you'll notice that compassion gets beautiful when it can harmonize with equanimity. Not the flattening of equanimity, but the beholding of equanimity. And then if you have compassion and equanimity, you know how to hold that, but you don't know much about joy. That's a very somber life. And it starts to feel increasingly weighty. And yes, you have a noble heart that's weighty, but it's, it can't float. It, it gets weighted down. And so you have to have a mudita practice. And I was doing a lot of work in, in uh, homeless shelters and a lot of work in the hospice wards. But in the time of my life when I was deep into service, if I didn't complement my service time with joy practice, it's like a boat that's slowly taking on water and it's not as buoyant. And at some point, your whole life feels like it's got this texture of grieving to it. So then you have to have a buoyancy practice, not to negate the suffering, but sometimes to blend it in. And then uh, some of the places I've laughed the hardest have been in homeless shelters. When the time is right and you're playing your compassion chords, your equanimity chords, your friendly chords, there's also beauty and there's also things to celebrate. And the kids, the homeless kids want to be celebrated like any kid wants to be celebrated. And so you're playing all Brahma Viharas in a healthy homeless shelter on a hospice ward, walking through your neighborhood. I, I wish you all enough peace and ease that you're not playing only uh, compassionate songs, but I hope your heart knows how to play compassionate songs for when that makes sense in that context. And given what the world can serve up, what this these last 18 months have served up, we've all had to play these chords, and we've all had to tune ourselves, and hopefully a retreat like this shows that. So again, they all go together, these chords, and hopefully that little demonstration could be part of what we reflect upon of how that works. So we have these four Brahmaviharas, and then forgiveness, which is really an extension of compassion, but specifically, it's not exactly compassion, but it's close to it. That might be a fifth Brahmavihara, the forgiving heart. And then there might be a sixth one, which is gratitude, the grateful heart. And as the heart opens and it feels the world and is intimate with the world, part of what nourishes the open heart is its own capacity to love. But there also is a restitution that comes in when we actually allow our hearts to uh, flow with what they're grateful for and to reach out and make contact or to bring in conscious awareness of what we're grateful for. So I'm going to guide a little bit of this along with our settling basic practice of loving kindness inside our bodies for ourselves and easy beings. If this guidance doesn't jibe with what your, the music your heart is playing right now, you don't have to impose it upon yourself. So it's an invitation and you're welcome to use this time to Practice as your heart sees fit. So follow along or follow your inner music. 
So in starting a gratitude practice, we start where it's good to always start. It's finding a posture that is friendly and kind to your body. Allowing yourself to take some refreshing breaths in. Or to empty your pockets, let go of the past, let go of the future. And let your breath guide you into that fluid, flowing, present relationship with your body. Let's see if you can do metta breathing, very simple metta breathing or very simple metta body awareness. You've experimented with that phrase, or this phrase, may I love myself just as I am. Just as I am is just as you are in this moment. Not about future moments or past moments. May I love myself as I breathe and I Rest in a still posture. And gently love myself just as I am. You can say those words or just hold that as a compass heading to meet yourself moment by moment, gently, simply, breath by breath. And now through that same channel, we can open up gratitude for our bodies. May I love myself just as I am. May I appreciate this body. May I be grateful for this body. my animal friend. My animal home. 
place I reside, this animal. May I be grateful for the strength of my bones. the strength of my muscles. This protective and sensitive covering of skin. We have metta and friendliness for the body and now we're also blending it appreciation, gratitude, and honoring. And be grateful for the richness of my blood. Moving oxygen to all cells, taking away the carbon dioxide Delivering water, coffee, and breakfast. Distributing it throughout all my cells. This rich blood pumped by a heart. Also fed by lungs. Opening up awareness friendliness and gratitude for your heart, your lungs, your blood. gratitude for your sense doors, the sensitivity of your ears, gratitude that there's hearing, and that it's exquisite. It knows all these different sounds and their direction. I'm grateful for my body's sense door of hearing and ears. grateful for my nose and the more than 10,000 scents it can detect and differentiate. I'm 
grateful for my tongue, its ability to taste flavors. Grateful for my eyes and all the seeing they do. Grateful for this body. For its amazing basic nature. The difficulties it endures. And all the ways that it repairs itself the best it can. This body is a human animal. Three point five billion years of evolution. Only very recently stood up on two legs. Developed language, complex language. complex thought. Little bit of awe, little bit of gratitude based in friendliness. Grateful for this body. Be grateful for your heart, its emotions, that it's passionate and caring, at times tranquil, tranquil, content. The depth that it's willing to care about experiences, others, oneself, beings you'll never meet.
grateful for your mind. Maybe the brain that is the seat of the mind with its complexities, its ability to know things, remember things, plan things. It's endless creativity. It's endless work of adding layers of information to simple experiences. Can be in gratitude for the heart, mind, and body. You can befriend them, help them suffer less, be alignment more with values, wisdom. Let's deepen this sense of gratitude, appreciation and friendliness to our hearts, minds, and bodies. And you can take a break from intentionally welcoming gratitude and just rest back in simple breathing. Or if you're enjoying intentional gratitude, you can keep cultivating. This is a simple embodiment, gratitude. Let the gratitude rest within us, support kindness, open up a better intimate relationship. I'm going to invite us to open up to the world around us slowly, 
like going to some endless buffet. Don't rush and try to get everything on your plate. But if you open your heart up beyond your body, your heart and your mind, for what are you grateful? I'll start us with a few little common categories and I'll open it up for you to count your own blessings. Let your own heart reverberate for what you're personally grateful for. You can be grateful for any comfort you have. It doesn't deny that we all also have discomfort. Opening up my environment around me, I'm grateful. Grateful for the earth below me, sky above, the place where I dwell. I'm grateful for the friends I have the good people I've known, the beings that have offered me kindness, love and wisdom and service. At the rhythm of your own breathing, slow, staying in your body, and see what comes to mind. What about your dwelling? Are you grateful for it? What about your community? Who comes to mind?
you can support this gratitude practice with breathing and embodiment. You also might find repeating a phrase every now and then like thank you. Thank you body. Thank you home. Thank you clothing. Thank you friends. You might find that helps with reviving and steadying your attention by saying these words every now and then. Grateful for my body. Or thank you, body. Grateful for my home. Thank you, home. Grateful for my friends. Thank you, friends. Keep it slow so that it's in time with your breath and your body. And see if you can savor one thing at a time that you're grateful for. And allow yourself to move on. And settle in and then move on. Another thing to be grateful for are the, the elements. We live on a planet that has these 
amazing systems, these saltwater oceans. That's the same saltiness as our blood because we came from oceans. Grateful for the oceans. Grateful that fresh water evaporates out of the oceans to create clouds, which washes the land. Incredible amounts of fresh water collected by the land, gathered in streams and ponds and aquifers. And then becomes part of our water system. <clears throat> now I can shower wash dishes, make tea with fresh water, collected rain, collected from the oceans, grateful for water and all the systems of water. We can be grateful for the systems of air and wind. With no work on our part, wind blows all around the earth. We breathe it in, we breathe in the air, we breathe out air. taking it so for granted. We don't even have much gratitude for it. But just as the water circulates over the earth, so does the air. Each breath you breathe in has been breathed by trees, other animals, has exchanged, going all the way back to the formation of our planet, this air that we breathe. 
so rich are we with this air and how lucky you are if your air is fresh. Revitalizing, clear. Literally every time you breathe in, it's like blowing on the coals of the fire of your body. Breathing out is like a chimney, taking away the smoke. Be grateful for all the plants that we'll never see, but they're taking in the smoke of our breath as their air and releasing the smoke of their being, which is our air, our oxygen. So with every breath, we can appreciate the element of air the system of our atmosphere, this life exchange we're doing with plant life. They give us oxygen. We give them carbon dioxide. Every breath Sometimes a reflection like that brightens the mind. It also can be a little too complicated. So you can use a reflection like that skillfully. It draws in interest. Lifts you from a little bit of sleepiness. I'm doing critical air exchange with my ecosystem with every breath. If that takes you out of your body, out of your heart, then you know it's not helpful. You can keep it closer and simpler to home and just appreciate air coming in you're going out. Gratitude for the resource and the element of air. go to the fire element, feel the warmth in our body, warmth around us, our bodies are constantly tending the fire within to keep it perfectly at 
the normal body temperature. We don't have to do that. That's a miracle of the body. It tends the fire element. The air coming in, metabolism of the body. Keeping it humming. At a pretty consistent, stable body temperature. And you feel that temperature, warmth or coolness at your skin, warmth inside your body. Gratitude for warmth, for the fire element. If your heart's open to it, you can be expansive, be grateful for the sun, the source of all this heat. Fire element being the energy element of life combined with the air element. Growing plants, growing animals, growing ourselves. Grateful for the element of fire, the element of heat. Coming down to what is called the greatest element of all is the earth element, both as the earth itself, the way the earth is the body of all things. So this, the stuff of your body is earth. Your home is earth, or it's grown from earth. Taking a moment, opening up to this very primal, fundamental thing we often take for granted, this earth, either as the earth itself, the borrowed earth in our bodies, in our homes, in our food, borrowed earth that's made our neighborhoods. Through this channel of gratitude, through this heart channel and being grateful, 
It's the same channel that you feel why you are a family member. You are a family member where there is gratitude. That's the heart experience of family. So by being grateful for the earth, for the warmth of the sun, for the water, for the air, open up a relational, familial channel where you recognize that that channel exists. The friends that you're grateful for those are your heart's family. Your home feels like a home when you're grateful. Sleeping on the earth under the stars can feel like a home if you're grateful for the earth, the sky above. You can feel just at home. Then we'll draw towards a last moment of gratitude for the Sangha that we practiced this week, the beings were growing familiar with what they look like, what they sound like if we hear them speak, the intuition we build. These are also sincere practitioners called to deepen a relationship to their hearts, their minds, their bodies. Everybody experiencing challenges, but staying brave and humble in those challenges. Grateful for the staff that attended our retreat specifically. The ones we've seen, the ones we haven't seen. Those are building the website, did registration. So many staff in the background. We can offer gratitude and feel that beautiful family tie. I know they do it out of love and we can be grateful for their love and attention. And then being grateful for our teachers and our guides, those beings that have helped us understand, that have offered us compassion and patience, encouragement, clarity,
either the teachers of this retreat or other teachers that come to mind, wherever your heart is grateful for guides, mentors, teachers, elders, friends. Let's just bring it back to simple breathing. Maybe just the taste of gratitude. We all have so many blessings. who mentioned it, one of the teachers mentioned knowing friends or students that had a, a gratitude texting group. And part of it was just not to get caught up in habits and to lose contact with gratitude. And no amount of gratitude will block out that there are difficulties but sometimes we get so caught up in our difficulties, we lose touch with what we could be grateful for. And remembering that there is also beauty in the world is necessary to nourish us to keep contact with what's difficult. Does anybody have a question about that practice? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.